The following is an Auburn Network production. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika sports leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this Friday, September 8th, 2023. We have made it to the weekend. I hope you're all doing well on what is a gorgeous day here in Auburn, Opelika. Sun is shining, not a cloud in the sky, and it's not a million degrees outside. And if you stand in the shade, it's actually a pretty nice day. So I hope you're all doing well. Hope you all had a fantastic week. Uh, We are uh, just a couple of hours officially from the weekend. And so I know you all have tons of plans for football watching this weekend. There's so much going on uh, across the state of Alabama, across the South, across the country when it comes to the game that we all know and love of football. You've got high school football tonight on a Friday night. You've got all sorts of college games going on tomorrow. NFL week one underway as of last night, but all the other games going on Sunday. They've got one on Monday as well. I mean, just so much football to take in over the next three days and so it's going to be like this until December folks it's going to be just like this until December this is what we've been waiting all summer for are weekends just like this where you have massive high school matchups on Friday massive college matchups on Saturday and big time opening weekend matchups on Sunday so hope you all have um, just big big plans to take it all in this weekend we're going to talk about all of that here on the Friday edition of On the Line the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back my name is Jacob Goins with you for the next two hours here on ESPN 106.7 and want to shout out the fact that we are now in our new sponsored studio. That's right, our studio now sponsored by the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge. So this is officially the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studios. I'm excited to have them along the ride here for On the Line on ESPN 106.7. Uh, and just a reminder, the Plaza Bar and Lounge is your Tiger pregame destination for all fans on Saturdays during the fall. Uh, home of the original War Burger, the Plaza Bar offers an easy and exciting menu to go along with the fantastic drink specials. Enjoy the kid and dog-friendly Plaza patio uh, while keeping up with all of the other football action leading up to kickoff in Jordan-Hare or in California, as it is this week. Located at 800 Main Street in Midtown off of Opelika Road, the Plaza offers happy hour from 4 to 6 every single weekday, so uh, maybe you want to get off work a little bit early and go over there and check that out today. Don't forget about the Sunday brunch before you leave town uh, on game days and game weekends here in Auburn. The Plaza Bar and Lounge, your pregame stop in Auburn. So again, we are in the Auburn plaza bar and lounge studios on a friday afternoon got some great interviews for you today uh, here in hour number one my sit down interview with auburn head volleyball coach brent crouch my sit down interview with uh, auburn defensive back keontae scott who will be having a homecoming in california this weekend tomorrow for auburn football so both of those we're going to have for you here in the first hour plus give you my sec power rankings going into week two uh wanted to do this earlier in the week just got caught up with so much other things going on which are good right totally good things but i'm uh, gonna do that here 
on the Friday edition of On the Line. Then coming up in hour number two, you know the drill. Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett from Radio Free Auburn will be joining us. We'll be making our picks for games across the SEC and giving you our picks and predictions for Auburn and Cal. So a super busy, super exciting show here on a Friday afternoon. And here's the drill for the phone lines today. In this first hour, and all show long, I want to hear from you and your picks for Auburn Cal. What are your picks? What are your score predictions? Um, Give us a call. We're going to keep up with them. In this first hour, not taking calls here on the air, but I do want to hear what your picks are for Auburn Cal. So call in. We'll write them down. We'll talk about it later on in hour number two. So that's what you can do for this whole first hour. 334-321-1390. That number again, 334-321-1390. Give us your pick and prediction for Auburn and Cal. Um, Not taking calls on the air in the first hour but i do want to hear what your thoughts are and your picks for the game tomorrow night out in berkeley so give us a call we're going to start the show today with my interview with auburn volleyball head coach brent crouch they have their tournament coming up this weekend their first match was last night they've got another one tonight and another one tomorrow folks this team is top 25 in the country and for the first time ever in program history and it's because of this man right here brent crowd so enjoy this interview support this team if you're in town this weekend tune in go watch them um and brent Crouch is just a fantastic guy he's a fantastic coach excited for what the future of auburn volleyball is so here's my interview with auburn volleyball head coach brent crouch Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7, host of On the Line, Monday through Friday, 2 to 4. Happy to be joined once again by Auburn women's volleyball head coach Brent Crouch. Joins me uh, every couple of weeks here in the studio uh, and on the phones when we have to, when it's a busy week like it is right now. Uh, Brent Crouch joining me to uh, talk about this Auburn volleyball program and coach tons of stuff to talk about here this week i know it's a short week with labor day on monday you guys just got back from uh from a big tournament you've got another tournament coming up this weekend uh, and that's where i kind of want to start is that tournament i know we've got historical news to talk about in just a couple of minutes but to get to that historical news you've got to talk about what this team did this past weekend in the seminole invitational last time we talked to you you had your opening tournament coming up you had uh that War Eagle Invitational, Auburn Volleyball goes 3-0. and Then you back it up with a 2-0 and performance against SMU and Florida State on the road. What was that tournament like for you and your team, and what did you see out of your squad? Well, it was a great tournament. Um, it was a big step up in competition from the first weekend. Um, Florida State is kind of perennially a tournament team. I think they've been in the NCAA tournament last 14 years in a row. You know, they're kind of a storied program. They've, they've been to the Final Four, the Elite Eight. Um, they're, they're a good team and they've been a good team for a long time. And we knew that when we scheduled them, but we kind of thought, um, you know, we'll, we'll come out that first weekend, try to get some kinks out, get a bunch of people some, some playing time, try to figure the lineups up and uh, figure those out and then head into Florida State and hopefully have a good showing against a really good program and uh, kind of see where we are. And it kind of went exactly as we had hoped. You know, we got SMU first, also a good program. Um, they're typically top 50, top 60 in the RPI. Um, and uh, we got off to a nice start against them. Uh, they're a strong team, and they put some pressure on us serving, um, but we kind of settled in and, and ultimately beat them in four and uh, saw some things on video that we thought worked really well um, after the game, things that we had put into place the week before um, with our offense in particular, and uh, we were 
kind of click in against SMU, we hit over 300, which is a, that's a high number. You know, you can kind of put it into batting averages if you're not familiar with uh, with volleyball hitting efficiency. But anytime you're hitting over 300 in baseball, you're you're an all-star. Anytime you're hitting over 300 in volleyball, you're you're an all-American. And uh, we did that as a team. And so when we headed into Florida State, uh, we were feeling pretty confident with the offense, and we just felt like can we just slow this team down a little bit because they they are. They're a program and a team and a roster that uh, their average size is pretty close to ours. We, we are we're big, as you know, Jacob. Mm-hmm. You know, we got a six six middle. We've got six four people on the on the outsides and on the right side. And you know, we we have built a team that has a pretty good physical advantage over most of the teams that we play. But uh, we didn't really have that against Florida State. And uh, so, how are we going to slow this team down? Well. Ultimately, we were able to do that and, uh, again, hit for over 300 against them. We, we slowed them down enough. They also had a really nice, you know, hitting hitting efficiency. But, uh, you know, to get a win on the road against a team like that, that, that is clearly, that's clearly a tournament team. You know, they, they are, that's maybe one of the best teams, certainly the best offensive teams that we have beaten since I have been here at Auburn. Wow. And, uh, certainly the biggest win on the road outside of the win at, at Creighton last year in the tournament. So, Really big weekend, and a lot of people played well. And uh, yeah, we're we're rolling now. I think a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, you go two and zero on the weekend. It makes you five and zero on the season. Uh, you go in set wise. You go six and two, three and one versus SMU, and three and one versus Florida State, which I think is impressive in itself. To where you you didn't just you know scrape out a win in that fifth set. You were able to handle business. You and your squad, of course, were able to handle business in both of those sets. Who are a couple of players that that you have to highlight here um from from over the weekend and throughout this 5 and 0 start? When you look at stat-wise from the Florida State game, uh your kill leader was Madison Shear uh, and then Bella Bell right behind her. Uh, and you talked about that hitting percentage. I mean, you had three or four girls coach that were hitting over 400. I mean, you got to shout some of those out in that they've been able to contribute to this success so far. Absolutely. So, you know, we should start with Bella Bell because she's new to our roster and she's new to the position she's playing. So she has um, pretty much her whole life has played middle blocker. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she's real physical and she's an imposing defensive force up at the net. Uh, but, you know, when you play middle, it is it's typically difficult to get them the ball a lot. So they, they, they are not typically the offensive weapons that people at the uh, the outside positions or the opposite position that's, that's on the right side of the court are. And it's just, it just is the way volleyball is. It's just a lot easier to set balls to the, uh, to the pins, the antennas on both sides, than it is in those quick balls in the middle. And uh, so we experimented with Bella over on the right, um, right away in training camp. Like she can, she's got this great arm. And we, you know, we're like, well, see if she can do it, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. so she's been playing a position she's not ever played for about three and a half weeks at this point. And, um, you know, she had she had good she had a good first weekend, uh, but that was not the most challenging opponents that she was facing, not the biggest, most opposing blockers. But uh, Florida State, both of their outside hitters, and that's who matches up with Bella when she hits. So she's hitting against their outside hitters. They're they're the blockers. They're both six four and up. And uh, so we're like, okay, we'll see what she can do. And she, you're right, she hit over 400 um, against those players and against a good Florida State team. And so, yeah, you're hitting over 400. If you're doing that for the season, you are all SEC, you are all American. And, uh, you know, it was one weekend, but uh, uh, it was such a good start for her. And, and she, they just could not stop her at all. And, uh, you know, the fact that she's only been in that position for a few weeks to, to see where she's going to be in a month or two, um, we're pretty excited about that. 
Kyla Swanson, uh, transfer middle, also had a great weekend. Uh, and uh, we're doing some things with her that are a little unusual, uh, also trying to get her the ball more and having her. She's playing middle blocker, but we're moving her over to the right as much as we can, too, uh, when Bella is in the back row. And uh, that was a change from the first weekend to the second. And she hit, I think, 500. She might have hit around 500 for the weekend with no errors. Wow. Just a huge performance from her. Um, but honestly, you go down the line and, and – everyone played well. I mean, we have arms, you know, like arms. What I mean by arms are, you know, people who can just crush the ball. All right. They, they're not yeah. soft noodle arms. They've got arms that can just rip it. Right. Um, and we've got that now at every hitting position. And um, that makes it really formidable, you know, our offense and it makes it really tough to load up anywhere and try to, you know, they can't stack the box, right. As you might say in football, they can't, it just, it's got to be one-on-one everywhere, and, and our hitters are too good, you know, to be, you know, one-on-one is not going to stop them. And uh, um, so we're, yeah, you know, uh, Madison Shear, great weekend too. Jackie Barrett's had a good offense. Um, you know, Kendall had, had another nice weekend. Uh, Sarah Morton was great in the back row passing. Uh, you know, just everybody on the court was doing a great job, and we needed a team effort to beat teams like that. Yeah, well, you have such a talented team, and we've talked in the past, Coach, about how you've brought so much experience back from last year, plus a couple of transfer portal players that have obviously made an immediate impact in this 5-0 and start for Auburn Volleyball. As I sit down with head coach Brent Crouch, we've got to talk about the history that was made by you and this volleyball program a couple of days ago to start this week. The top 25 came out for the AVCA TerraFlex Top 25 Coaches Poll And for the first time in program history, Auburn Volleyball made their way into that top 25. What does that, I'm talking to you personally, Coach, what does it mean for you to see Auburn's name in the top 25 for the first time and realize that that is your doing as your short time as head coach at Auburn? Uh, Well, I can't, I I can't really put it into words. It's, uh, you know, look, all all of us who are coaches that want to win at a high level, we have a pretty hard time, I think, uh, getting out of coach mode where all we're, all we're doing is trying to fix weaknesses and, and make strengths better. And we don't, we don't stop often, you know, and celebrate the successes or smell the roses or, you mm-hmm. know, pick the cliche, you know, we're just kind of on to the next thing. We got to fix this. We got to fix that. We got to get better at this and that. Um, but, but I'm really trying to sit in this one, um, because it, it's, you, you had the right word, right. It's historic. Um, it, it's what we, it's what I wanted to do coming here to Auburn um, and now to see it in fruition, you know, being recognized nationally by, uh, you know, the coaches um, that, that were a program that's not just good, but really good, you know, up in the top 25 now. And um, yeah, personally, it means, it means everything. And uh, you know, it just doesn't, I was talking to my wife about this, you know, we were kind of thinking, and I was thinking about the history of volleyball. This, this doesn't really happen, you know, yeah. Tip teams that are in the, top 50, top 25. I mean, they've kind of been there for 25 years. You know, you don't, you don't kind of have programs come out of nowhere. Um, you know, occasionally you'll get one that, that just kind of sneaks in and they get a little bit better. Um, but often those are kind of one year things, you know, with teams that maybe are kind of loaded with seniors or something like that. And, and it's just, it's different, you know, we're, we're in there and we were receiving votes at the end of the year last year. We started the season receiving votes for the top 25. Florida State was receiving the same number of votes we were. We were, I think, both 27 heading into uh, this weekend. And then, to you know, to beat them and jump into the top 25 and, and know that we are 
capable of going further and also capable of doing this long term because we have so much youth on our team and so many good recruits coming in. Um, when I got hired, you know, the idea was, you know, we're going to build this. I was, you know, Alan Green hired me, uh, you know, former AD, and he sat in the room I'm sitting in right now, our, our meeting room in volleyball, and he said, hey, I, want you to, I don't care how long it takes. Let's just build this the right way so it's sustainable. And uh, we're into year four now, and we have built it the right way, and it is sustainable. And I really, I can't tell you how proud I am um, of the whole of the job that, that our players have done, and our staff, and, and the support staff and administration to support volleyball in the way that they have since we've been here. Um, and uh, so, you know, the last thing I'll say is, that, you know, it, it, it's real hard to take a lot of credit. You know, I know I'm at the top, you know, leading the way, but uh, we've got a lot of people that, I mean, I'm not out there on the court doing this. You know, the kids are. Right. They all signed up to do the same thing that, that I did, which is put volleyball on the map. And, uh, you know, recruits don't even do that much, Jacob, right? They go yeah. to typically programs that are traditionally good. They don't typically take risks. You know, like, hey, we're going to go build something where there's no evidence that it can be done, right? Because it's yeah. never been done. Well, because um, at so, one time, Coach, it was a risk, right? It really was a risk for, for Auburn Volleyball because it had never gotten to the point that it is right now. And so, it, you know, you had to do, I know, such a, a tough job to be like, look, here's what I'm trying to do. Here's what I'm trying to build. <laughs> believe me, right? <laughs> believe me and believe what I'm going to do. And obviously it's paid off so far. Yeah, I'm just so grateful that uh... – you know, the families and the student athletes that we recruited here, uh, you know, bought into the vision and, and believed in me and believed in Auburn. And because, uh, yeah, you're right. There was no evidence that it was going to happen um, other than the conversations that we were having and just the special place that Auburn is. And uh, and now they're doing it. And uh, we, we, we had a little ice cream after practice last night to have a little mini celebration. And, uh, you know, we need to do a lot more than that <laughs> all right, to celebrate how big this milestone is. But uh, it was a fun time with the players yesterday, and we're, we're looking forward to moving up the rankings. Yeah, well, it's a, an it's exciting time for you, for Auburn Volleyball, for Auburn fans who uh, I feel like, uh, Brent, are just continuing to buy into you, the players, this program, because you're giving them something more to buy into, and you've gotten better every single year since you've been here. Now you're a top 25 program. You're 5-0 and on the 2023 season. Looking ahead, you've got the Tiger Invitational coming up this weekend inside Neville Arena, Middle Tennessee uh, on Thursday night at 6 o'clock, Charleston Southern on Friday night at 7 o'clock, and then Mercer inside Neville Arena at 5 o'clock. And Auburn fans should really be going to these games. A, they're free to go to for now, right? You can go and attend for free inside Neville Arena and go on Saturday and watch Auburn volleyball play at 5 o'clock before Auburn football kicks off five hours later. So there's no reason to not go uh, to to these games this weekend. What do you think about these matchups? I know it's another tournament. It's a long weekend for you and your team, but you've got a couple of maybe sneaky good teams coming into Neville Arena this weekend. Yeah, you know, volleyball is one of those things where it's just because of the nature of the sport, you know, it's a rebound sport and you can't ever hold the ball. You can't ever give it to somebody and say, hey, go, you know, score 40 points and, you know, or hand it off to the, you know, the one player who can just run it down the field. It's such a team sport and things are just, you know, there's so much randomness, right? So these are good teams we're going to play. I, you know, I think we should win all of these. Um, but uh, you got to play the matches, right? You got to yeah. see. And uh, there's some teams that, that are serving really, really tough. And that's typically kind of the advisor between programs is, uh, you know, if somebody's, you know, throwing you, somebody's on the other side, you know, has a 99 mile an hour fastball that can decimate your team, you know, and uh, 
there's some there's some players on, especially middle middle Tennessee who play first. It's really excellent servers that we're gonna have to kind of weather the storm with them. Um, but uh, I like our chances this weekend. I think we've got a good shot of going undefeated in preseason heading into the SEC. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get ahead of myself too much, but uh, uh, just where we are skill wise and, uh, and and physicality wise, uh, you know, I think we're gonna we're gonna have a nice preseason, and then we're set up for a good run in the SEC, which is you know once again um, one of the best conferences in the country in volleyball, and, and soon maybe the best conference once Texas and Oklahoma join us. Um, but we've got We've got some great – in fact, I think we have Florida first in the SEC, and they're yep. currently country. Um, That's so at home think, too, Coach. That's in Neville Arena on September 22nd, a Friday night. Yeah, that'd be, that's going to be a huge match, and uh, you know, hopefully we're heading into that match being undefeated you know, versus a top-five team in the country. And, and that's going to be – I mean, all these matches are going to be fun to go to, but that, that one in particular, people should bookmark that. Um, we'll need the fans to help us. And, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, like you said – it's it's an experience in Neville now, you know, with volleyball, and uh, people need to come out and see these athletes because they are really, really special. And uh, you know, a few of them, you know, I put them in the category of like a Jabari, right? In basketball, you got to come see the Jabari show. Okay, right? you, okay. There's some people like that on our team um, that are that unique and that are in that kind of top one percent of volleyball players, and uh, you don't want to miss it. You certainly don't before they graduate. Auburn Volleyball Head Coach Brent Crouch joining me, Jacob Goins, here on ESPN 106.7. Go out and watch the Tiger Invitational this weekend. Then they have the Alabama Showdown in Mobile uh, the following weekend. And then SEC play opens up on September 22nd with the Florida Gators coming to town. Coach Brent Crouch, Auburn Volleyball, here on ESPN 106.7. So that was my interview again. Auburn Volleyball Coach Brent Crouch earlier this week. Go out and check them out. If you're in town, go check them out. Top 25 team. Uh, some teams coming in this weekend that they should be able to take care of. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. The games are still free for now to go to, uh, so be sure you go check it out over at Neville Arena this weekend. We'll throw it to break, come back really quick. I'll give you my SEC power rankings going into week two before my interview with Auburn defensive back Keontae Scott here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Oops. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. All right, back inside the studio here at ESPN 106.7 for the Friday edition of On the Line. This is the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio now here at ESPN 106.7 during On the Line from 2 to 4. And uh, that was, again, my interview with Auburn head volleyball coach Brent Crouch, a really good dude, even better coach. Um, He is just a really, really good coach doing a lot of great things for Auburn volleyball. So go check them out if you're in town this weekend over at Neville Arena. Coming up in just a few minutes, uh, my one-on-one interview with uh, Auburn defensive back Keon. Scott he talks to me every single week previewing the cow game coming up tomorrow and it's a homecoming for Keontae Scott so looking forward uh, for you guys to get to listen to that but got a few minutes to go uh, before we get to that and I'm going to start giving you my SEC power rankings coming out of week one getting into week two we'll have to finish this at the uh, at the top of the hour before Uncle T-Bone gets in here but there's some teams on here in the SEC that just didn't perform really well in week one and again these are power rankings right this is basically how I do my personal power rankings this is how I rank them based off of their performance so far and the vibe around the program right this is how I that's how I rank them doesn't necessarily mean that one team is better than the other because they're above them right now it's just how I feel about that team 
currently going into week two. So to quickly give you the bottom half real quick, and I'll give you the top half as we go along in today's show, at the bottom, it's Florida. It's absolutely Florida. They had an embarrassing performance against Utah. They're going to have to find a way to turn it around against a weak opponent this week before they play Tennessee in week three. Vibes are not high in Gainesville, Florida. Then Missouri at 13, just not a whole lot going on there right now. Um, they, they They won, but there's just not a whole lot going on. I put Mississippi State at 12, but they can make up for that this weekend with a win at home over Arizona. A game that's flying under the radar, but a game that's going to be really, really good. I think Mississippi State is better than people give them credit for. Nobody's paying attention. I think they win this weekend against Arizona. That'll be part of our picks coming up in hour number two. But I put them at 12 in my power rankings for now, and I think they can improve on that. Same thing with Vanderbilt at number 11. Because Vanderbilt plays an interesting game this weekend on the road at Wake Forest. I know their performance versus Hawaii week one wasn't anything spectacular. They squeak out a win. Vanderbilt at 11 right now in my power rankings. South Carolina at 10. Um, there's room to improve on that, no doubt, but you got embarrassed by North Carolina. You got manhandled in the second half by North Carolina. So vibes aren't super high, but you still have Spencer Rattler, and I think South Carolina can improve on that. LSU at number nine okay they are bottom half power rankings right now do I still think LSU is a top half team yeah absolutely in the SEC but the vibe right now is not very good coming out of that Florida State game and we know what happened there LSU got beat they got beat by a better team than them and they almost gave up in the second half and you heard what Brian Kelly said he wasn't happy about it he blasted his own team his coaches himself And that's why I have LSU at 9, Ole Miss at 8, and that could drop after this weekend. Sure, they put up 73 points in week one. Whatever. I said they were going to do that against a bad team. They're playing a good team in Tulane this weekend. They can improve on their power ranking, but they can also fall in the power rankings as well. We'll continue these later on in the show, but don't go anywhere. My interview with Keontae Scott from earlier in the week coming up here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goertz on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Halfway through hour number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. My name is Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 1067. Well, earlier this week, as I do every single week in will throughout the entire college football season, I have the opportunity to sit down with Auburn defensive back Keontae Scott, uh, who uh, sat down with me on Wednesday. We talked about uh, the opening game versus UMass, previewed the game coming up tomorrow versus Cal. It's a homecoming for Keontae as he is from the state of California. Talked about the family that's going to be there and what it means for him to be playing in the state of California once again. So uh, this airs uh, originally every Wednesday at 5.30 on The Drive with Bill and Dan. It's for their Tiger Takes segment. But I have the opportunity to uh, sit down to record this each week, and I play it for you every Friday here on the show. So this is my one-on-one with Auburn defensive back, Keontae Scott. 
Jacob Goins here on ESPN 106.7, host of On the Line Monday through Friday from 2 to 4, having my weekly sit-down with Auburn defensive back Keontae Scott. Uh, Keontae, great to talk to you, man. I know vibes are uh, vibes are pretty high after week one. You get the first victory of the Hugh Freeze era. You get the first victory in the 2023 season. And so uh, before we get into uh, details and specifics on, uh, on the game itself, what was it like for you to get back in Jordan-Hare and have over 88,000 people cheering you on against UMass? Yeah, it was definitely exciting, you know, just telling my teammates, some of the guys that transferred over and some of the freshmen just um, what to expect. And then, you know, the fan base living up to it and just, you know, welcoming us, you know, Tiger Walk as soon as we get off the bus and just see all the white shirts and all the people and all the fans just supporting. And then to get in the stadium and, and to fill it up like that week one is just exciting to to get out there again and get back in the stadium with everyone for sure. And then the game itself, um, a good win for, for you and your team, uh, 59-14 in week one uh, versus UMass. Did it, for you personally, Keontae, did it take you a little bit to kind of, you know, maybe shake off some of the rust, maybe some nerves in that week one? I know you talked about last week, you know, you're hitting the same guys all fall, all spring. Uh, and so uh, did it take a little bit to kind of get back in the groove of things in week one? Yeah, 100%. You know, you definitely got the nerves and stuff. And then, you know, it's the first time of you knowing that it's time to really prepare and, you know, it's time to, for things to really matter and, 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 and really affect and wins and losses as far as that. But um, just some nerves and just some jitters. But, you know, after the first try, we're able to calm down and then, it's, you know, it's, it's, ball, it's time to ball. And then uh, the defense uh, on Saturday against UMass played uh, played extremely well. Gave up just the 14 points. Uh, one of those was on on the opening drive. And, and Keontae, I want to get your thoughts on on that. What was the message after that opening drive defensively, where the offense for Auburn went down and scored, uh, but then UMass went down and scored as well, and all of a sudden it's seven seven in that first quarter. What was the the message from Ron Roberts and the entire defensive staff after the that opening quarter? Um, it was just to calm down and, and, and just to, you know, go through all the stuff we went through on the week and just lock in on it and, and, and do what we do. You know, we had a – like the first drive, we had a lot of guys, you know, antsy to make a play. So, you kind of got some guys and, you know, missed assignments, missed, missed leverage, just antsy. So, we just all calmed down. We took a breath. You know, I was on the sideline telling our guys, you know, just, all right, we've seen the jab. You know, that's what they want to do. That's what they want to establish. They feel like they can run the ball. I feel like they can get the ball on the perimeter. So we just calm down, and everyone once everyone relaxed and calmed down, we start playing our keys. You know, there's always things you can do better in the week, and, you know, we corrected some of those things, and we're looking to get better at those things this week. But, you know, just after we calm down after that drive and just being able to relax, um, able to, you know, get some stops, get, get some stops, get off the field, and then, you know, get some of our younger guys and, and guys to get some experience in that game, that's, you know, a big thing for us. Keontae, you had four total tackles. Two of those were solo. Uh, going into the game, you, you brought it up already. You knew that UMass wanted to run the football. They had an athletic quarterback, a couple of good running backs as well, and you knew they were going to just pretty much stack up and re- try to run the football. So uh, for you, what was your game plan personally, knowing they were run- wanting to run the football, and, and how were you trying to get yourself involved? Uh, just knowing that the ball couldn't potentially roll off the table as we say it, and it could come to me, just being able to get it down. But also just, you know, pursuit, high pursuit um, with the running quarterback. Got to make sure that you just, you know, get him on the ground, contain him, and get him on the ground. So I definitely feel like we, we did that. Um, could always be better. 
And then uh, Saturday against UMass, um, the, the temperature actually was not – was it super bad? It was actually overcast and, what, about 90, 85, 90 degrees. A lot better than what it could have been, right, in early September. So maybe heat didn't have a whole whole big factor for you. And, and I guess not against UMass either, right? 100%. Yeah, we definitely got – we lucked up. We were, we were planning for it to be a little warmer during the week and then, you know, ended up getting the overcast. So it calmed down and – so that definitely calmed some of us down as far as like not having to worry about, you know, controlling our bodies, make sure we're hydrating. But we were already prepared for a hot day. So getting that warmer weather kind of we just kind of were over prepared at that point. Sitting down and talking with Auburn defensive back Keontae Scott here on ESPN 106.7. As you flip the page to week two of the college football season, Auburn getting ready to make a trip out to California to take on the Golden Bears. What's been this week of preparation like? I know it's Wednesday at the time of this. And so what's this week of preparation been like and moving forward to get you guys ready to take what I've called it just an awkward trip out to California? Uh, 100%. Yeah, we just want to make sure that we're we're capitalizing on our um, some of the things we you know could clean up and and then you know just being able to build on it. You know, we set a foundation last week of how we want to play, and then we just want to continue to build on that and get better every each week. But this week, we just want to you know do our jobs, be assignment sound, and tackle the football, and then you know make the, turn the ball over, create some turnovers. So we're just focusing on that. The small things. As a defense, we feel like we got guys to where we're going to be talented enough each week. We just got to make sure that we're doing our jobs and, and all 11 are on the same page and getting off the field and creating turnovers. And then for, for you, how are you trying to prepare your, your mind and your body for for the, the time change and the long trip out there? I know uh, the equipment staff is already on the way out there. You guys are flying out uh, later in this week. But how are you personally, Keontae, just getting yourself ready to make a long trip to Cal and then start at 9.30 our time, uh, just a, you know, a late kickoff there in California on Saturday night? Uh, well, it's a homecoming for me. Didn't be able to go back to California, so I'm kind of used to it uh, from flying back and forth from here. So I'm just trying to tell the guys like to to be smart with the the napping um, as far as the time change and 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 you know our coaching staff and our nutritionists and our strength staff have been doing a good job throughout the week of preparing us for the flight as far as our posture on the plane, hydration, eating, making sure we're all straight with that. And then you know when we get there. We really won't have to. I've been telling the guys the weather's going to be, you know, perfect California weather. So we're, we should we should be able to um, breathe a little better down there with coming from being in the humidity to going to be in a not humid area. So we should we should gain that, get that plus, and then you know just just being able to you know handle the travel like like pros, um, make sure we're handling on our business throughout the week, and then you know getting the get on the plane, get the get there and you know adjust to adjust to what we have to adjust to yeah and I'm glad you brought that up because that's where I was going next was you being from California how does that benefit you uh, and you talked about helping out your teammates and stuff already trying to just you know let them know what to experience the weather should be like you mentioned really really good um so I'm glad you brought that up how many uh family members you're gonna have at this game on Saturday Keontae you should have like oh. you mentioned a homecoming should be a great day huh yeah, 100%. You definitely get an opportunity to get some of the my family and some of the people that can't make it out to uh, to Auburn and Alabama to, to see a game. I definitely this is their opportunity to, you know, come and check it out. So this is very exciting for me to be able to play in front of some people I haven't really played a, 
in front of since high school. So it's just gonna be just gonna be fun, capture the whole thing, give people a chance to see me, get a chance to, you know, see my family, see my close friends after the game. That's gonna be I'm looking forward to that for sure. Yeah, that's exciting for you and for this team as Auburn travels out to Cal to take on the Golden Bears this Saturday, nine thirty kick uh, on Saturday night. For the defense, for Auburn, for you and this entire staff and, and group of players, UMass ran the football, but Cal is going to run the football. And I'm sure you guys have seen the film from their week one win uh, versus North Texas. They're going to line up and run the football really, really heavily. What is the game plan for you and this defense to try to slow down the Cal offense on Saturday night there in Berkeley? 100 percent it's just really to just be assignment sound uh we feel like we if we're assignment sound we feel like we have the the players on the team to 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 handle any game so we just want to make sure that we're assignment sound um getting the ball on the ground not letting these running backs get into space get up on our secondary get up in the in the second level of the defense just keeping them in the first level and force them to beat us on the outside which we feel like our dbs are good enough to handle that 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 um that competition so we just really want to stop the run and, and see what this quarterback really can do um with our dbs and then you know that's the game plan to get our offense back the ball um and, and put up points in in week one and even in practice too Keontae who are some of the the communicators and the leaders on the defense I'm sure you're right there in it you were on Saturday but who are some of those vocal guys on the defensive side of the football that are really you know guiding players here and there and calling out different formations and who are just those vocal leaders so far early on this season on the defense um definitely would mention um Elijah McAllister Marcus Harris Donovan Kaufman, Zion Puckett, um, Eugene, um, Cam Riley, Austin Keys. It's just as a defense, we want to be a noisy defense, and we're a defense where no one is prideful on the field. So we're all communicating. Everyone's communicating. DJ James, me and my appreciate. As a defense, we want to be noisy. We want to hold each other to the standard. So we're all leaders on the field. We all hold each other accountable because at the end of the day, we're to a point where we kind of know why it hit. So we're asking, like, hey, what happened right here? What happened right here? We're just communicating, fixing things on the field as we go, just trying to hold everyone accountable. And that goes as far as everyone that comes in the game, as far as anyone that will play. We're just all very, very good leaders, very good, very good at holding each other accountable. Well, I think that's what makes a, a really successful defense, Keontae, is when is when somebody maybe does mess up or miss an assignment or miss a line or miss a tackle where you can say, okay, who you know who messed up, why'd they mess up, and now let's fix it and make sure it doesn't happen again. And that's a huge benefit and a huge factor for a defense that's going to be playing in its first road game of the season on Saturday. 100%. And then for that road game, how how are you how are you feeling? How's the team feeling? First road game of the season. It's tough to take a trip like this in just week two of college football because you feel like you're just now getting started in the season and you gotta load up and travel across across the country. So how are you guys feeling as you take a trip across the country to California? Um, we're really excited for the opportunity. We feel like uh each each week we're having a we're getting the opportunity to just show people the new Auburn and where Auburn's going. So just being excited to show show people with the high powered offense and and getting on the road and all the all the all the things that people would say try or try to use against us 
as we go on the road, just being able to prove people. That's all we want to do. We don't want, we want to prove to ourselves that we put the work in and that we have the right staff and we have the right players this year. And we're just going to continue to just prove to ourselves that, you know, this is what we're doing and we put the work in for this. And then how much, uh, how much fun has it been so far? I know Hugh Freeze talked about celebrating the wins, right? Celebrating wins in football games, in life, and not just moving on to the next one and trying to just fix all the problems. So what was the celebration like for, for the first win of the season in 2023? Of course, his first win with you guys at Auburn. What was the celebration like Saturday and into Sunday for week one? Um, it was definitely good. I know being able to get back in that – in the um, locker room and, 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 and to have him in the middle and, you know, do the fight song and just all the excitements, all the jitters, you know, out the window and just very exciting to be able to, you know, get a win. And as he says, it's, you know, it's hard to win college football games, so we got to make sure we're celebrating those, but also being ready to, you know, come in, clean it up, and then get ready to go get another one. Um, that's our mindset this year. So it was just very exciting to get in the locker room, be around the guys, have some recruits, um, have some some of the commits around, just seeing the culture and the way 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 it's moving. So it's definitely exciting. Keontae Scott, Auburn defensive back, joining us here on ESPN 106.7. For Auburn to go to Cal and get a win on Saturday night there in Berkeley, what do what do you have to do? What does the defense, offense, special teams, everybody together? What has to happen for Auburn to be successful on Saturday night and come home two and zero? Defensively, I feel like we have to uh, stop the run, um, create turnovers, and, and get off the field on third down. Offensively, I mean, them guys, they do their thing on that side of the ball. They, you know, just score points. And, and when they do get a break, just to score. Special teams, just be assignment sound. Um, touchbacks, leverage the ball, tackle the ball. And then as far as punt returners, you got to make sure I secure the ball and then be able to just create those explosive plays for offense any chance I get. And then, you know, we do those things and, you know, at the end of the day, we should come out victorious. But just to be assignment sound um, and, and then just, uh, you know, have fun. Um, have fun. Don't really think too much of it. Um, and just and just vibe out and do what we do best, play ball. How soon can we get a uh, How soon can we get a house call from Keontae Scott on punt return? Man, you had a 56-yarder, man. You're close. You're getting there. Yeah. Just starting to get comfortable. Um, like I said last week, just wanted – just starting to take advantage of it this year, just being able to get the ball in my hands and be able to create plays, make plays for the offense and put them in great positions. So hopefully I can get a chance to not even have to bring them out there, just go ahead and punch it in this time. Uh, Just looking forward to it this year for sure. Yeah, well, you had two returns for 67 yards. Of course, 56 of those on just one return. So uh, you're an explosive player, an electric player on defense and on special teams. And, man, we enjoy talking to you. We enjoy watching you on the field. Uh, We appreciate your time. Good luck out in California. Safe travels to you, the entire team, and uh, come back with a win on Saturday, huh? Yes, sir. Where are you going? I appreciate the call, Keontae. That is Keontae Scott, Auburn defensive back, who joins us every single week here on ESPN 106.7. So again, Keontae Scott, Auburn defensive back. He joins me uh, every Wednesday morning uh, for a one-on-one interview. The Drive plays at first, 5.30s on The Drive here on ESPN 106.7, and then I get to play it for you on Friday afternoons uh, here on on the line. But we're going to get to our final break. Come back. I will continue to give you my SEC power rankings going into week two, and then hour number two coming up with Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett uh, of Radio Free Auburn brought to you by Sensa Green Heat. 
Heating and Air. We'll make our picks on the SEC Football Challenge. Go check that out. You can fill it out with us, ESPNAU.com. We'll be picking all the biggest games in the SEC, including Auburn Cal, Alabama, Texas, Ole Miss and Tulane. Don't you forget about that game as well. We'll be making our picks plus our predictions for Auburn and Cal. All that coming up on the Friday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up our number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Had a couple of good interviews that I wanted to play for you. Those were from this week. Uh, they're still very, very timely with Auburn Volleyball playing this weekend. Had an interview uh, with head coach Brent Crouch. And then my weekly interview with Keontae Scott, Auburn defensive back. The Tigers are in California. They flew out last night, so they are getting ready for their matchup versus the Cal Golden Bears. So Uncle T-Bone will join me coming up in just a few minutes in hour number two. We'll make our SEC weekly predictions. You can follow along and pick with us at S- on our SEC football challenge. Uh, go to ESPNAU.com and you can pick your weekly picks. We have a weekly winner. Uh, we had a winner come by and get their uh, prize earlier this week and we pick a winner each and every week whoever has the best performance and look, don't want to say anything but I went undefeated in week one, folks. I went undefeated in all the SEC games in week one. So uh, we'll see if we can back that up here in week number two. A reminder, there's a winner each week, and then there's a winner at the very end of the season as well. You get the grand prize, which includes a 55-inch flat screen TV. So be sure uh, that you are entering that each and every week. We'll be doing that in hour number two. But quickly, I know I got uh, about a minute or so. The top half of my SEC power rankings going into week two, based off a week one performance, based off of the feel of the program right now, I have Kentucky at seven. All right, I have Texas A&M at six. They can boost that a little bit with a win on the road at Miami this weekend. I have Auburn at five because I think Auburn performed better than people thought they would in week one. And I think the offense was impressive. I think people are excited about the offense. Defense has some questions in the run defense, and we know that's going to be tested tomorrow night against Cal. Uh, But I do think power ranking-wise, Auburn, top five right now. Arkansas at four. Tennessee at three after their impressive win over Virginia in week one. Alabama at two in the power rankings. They impressed with Jalen Milrow. And they can keep that up with a win over Texas tomorrow and then Georgia just because they're still number one. They're still undefeated. They're still, as of right now, the best team in college football. Uh, They don't really have much to prove again this weekend with Ball State. But those are my power rankings going into week two. But, hey, stick around. We'll make our picks and predictions for SEC games coming up with Uncle T-Bone of Radio Free Auburn brought to you by Sensi Green Heating and Air plus our thoughts, picks, and predictions for Auburn and Cal. All that coming up And hour number two. Don't go anywhere. On the Line continues right after this. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You 
are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway in hour number two here on the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I am Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7. And joining me in the studio for hour number two, as he always does, it's Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett. This is On the Line Fridays with the one and only Uncle T-Bone of Radio Free Auburn. It's all brought to you by our friends at Green Heating and Air. T, happy Friday, brother. How are you, man? Man, I'm doing good. It's been a long week. I'm happy to be here i think i bear i came in on two wheels i, I would i would think with uh the team heading out to northern california this week that the traffic wouldn't have been as, as bad as it was but i forgot that you know it's a friday in auburn so yeah it's I'm, crazy isn't it it's crazy but i'm here so let's get crazy on this uh last hour of the week brought to you every week by our good friends at sense green heating and air that's right for air that's cool and clean call sense green check them out at www.sensegreen.com or give them a call on opelika at 334-366 Six nine two three seven. They cover the entire I eighty five corridor from Montgomery up to Lagrange, and we are here in the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studios on a Friday afternoon. So we appreciate you all being a part of this. If you missed any of our number one, uh, be sure to go and catch up with the podcast. My interview with Auburn volleyball coach Brent Crouch, as they are now five and zero, uh, six and zero now, and now top twenty five in the country is Auburn volleyball. Uh, so be sure you go and check that out. Plus my one on one each and every week with Auburn defensive back Keontae Scott had both of those interviews for you in that first hour so if you missed those go check it out on the podcast after the show today commercial free at ESPNAU.com or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast but as we do every single Friday throughout football season Uncle T-Bone and I gonna make our picks and predictions for all of the SEC games in week two I may talk about a couple of other games outside the conference as well and then of course our picks predictions and thoughts on Auburn versus Cal tomorrow night 9 30 in Berkeley California so that's what's on the docket here in hour number two give us a call we want to hear your picks and predictions uh, for the Auburn Cal game any other game going on in the SEC and in college football and so give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Taking a few calls. Nothing crazy. we got to get through our picks. We want to make sure we do that and make sure we get full conversation on Auburn versus Cal tomorrow in Berkeley. But, T, as we look at the, the week two slate of college football, before we start making picks and stuff like that, it's a little bit more exciting than week one. You're finally getting into some interesting games. We know the big one happening across the state. We're going to talk about that one as well. But some exciting storylines and games going on in college football in week two. Yeah, I mean, real quick, week one kind of hit us with a bang right there early in the uh, yeah. in the morning when uh, Colorado came out and shocked the world with TCU and Deion Sanders let everybody know about it with his receipts. And now everybody that was uh, – potentially not a hater but now is a hater probably is keeping receipts so that that'll transpire tomorrow again when they host nebraska and uh then then last week we had the show uh, and while we're on on air there were a lot of big games and on on uh, game day on wings and then you know 
exciting around here because Hugh Freeze off to his very first start. And what a game that was. Uh, that was best case scenario, like we talked about, you know, we uh, last Saturday, what was going to be worst case scenario, what we thought was realistic, and then best case scenario. And outside of the first drive that UMass had um, of the football game on offense, I thought Auburn looked fantastic and it couldn't have gone better. Yeah, they did. They looked well on offense and defense while they gave up that, that opening drive touchdown from UMass and the rush defense didn't look fantastic you got one guy go for under over 100 yards um i think auburn did what they needed to do in week one game one of the hugh freeze era and you got yourself comfortable and ready before you make this long road trip out to california and it's actually interesting looking at the line on this game right now it's moved people are betting on cal right now uncle t Oh, okay. Well, earlier in the week, Auburn was a five and a half point favorite, and then it jumped up to six and a half. I haven't seen it this afternoon. So. According to ESPN, I've got it at six right now. Okay, so it's dropped a little bit. Um, look, on to week two. Week one's always exciting. It started off Thursday also with our Florida Gators, and 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 then all weekend the the games were great. The big game Sunday night where LSU just laid a big egg. I yeah, did. they did. You called that. I did not see that happening. <clears throat> I knew that FSU was good. But I didn't know they were that good, and then and then Monday night I'd, I'd said something about Duke to everybody on the on the at the end of the show Saturday morning, and boy they shocked the world too. So a lot of surprises in week one. We wonder if we're going to continue to see those surprises into week two. It's a big slate in the SEC. Uh, mainly all the action in the big games is in the Western Division right mm-hmm. i am interested though in the easter division real quick before we get into the west what you think about vandy going over to wake force and can they go to three and oh in the first time and maybe forever i'm so glad you brought this up because this is a game that i'm excited about it's not going to get the love it deserves but this is the game that starts it all off tomorrow they play at 10 a.m tomorrow morning I mean, that's crazy 10 a.m the coffee will still be warm Oh yeah! 10 a.m. Oh for yeah! Uncle I, yeah, we the teeth haven't even been brushed by the time this game comes on tomorrow <laughs> morning. So uh, I'm excited for this, and this is going to get us into our SEC picks because I want to start with this game here, and we'd love That's for right. you to be a part of this. Go to ESPNAU.com and go to our SEC football challenge. If you click on the contest tab, you'll scroll down and find it right there. If you've already started, sign in, make your picks. If not, sign up. There is a weekly winner each and every week whoever has the best score and this contest is brought to you by our good friends at johnny brusco's pizza the orthopedic clinic tzatziki's and vintage 2298 uh, butcher shop so be sure you go and check that out there's a weekly winner and then at the very end of the season whoever has the best score out of all the games over the entire sec football season you're going to win all the weekly prizes plus a 55 inch flat screen smart tv so be sure you go and do that we're going to make our picks live right here on the show go to ESPNAU.com, click on the contest tab, and go to the SEC Football Challenge. And T, I just want you to know, I went undefeated yeah, last week. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, you, uh, we were on... I, I missed two because I was opposite of you on two games. I bought the hype into South Carolina from the SEC network and everybody else that was saying that Spencer Rattler had this had, had his confidence, no worries. The, the bad Spencer Rattler's gone. Rattler could even be a uh, potential dark horse Heisman candidate. He's looking mm-hmm. to go to the NFL. You know that Shane Beamer's got it going. It's Beamer Ball, Beamer Ball in Columbia, right? You know I bought into the hype and then I forgot about the fact that. 
it seems like every team that Will Muschamp's ever at, about two years after he's gone, their defensive talent goes downhill, and that's exactly what happened. And I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you right now, I gotta apologize to Drake May. I completely underestimated him. I know he's a good player. I know he's a solid quarterback. I, you know, uh, as you saw this week, everyone who's listening, uh, Mac Brown had some choice words for the NCAA, They're and he was bit, spot on about that. I by agree, the way, I agree with that, and 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 it's been like that for too long, and uh, they're missing some playmakers on the outside, and and South Carolina had no answer, no answer for North Carolina, so I missed that one, and then I bought into the LSU hype too, and and uh, man, I you know I don't even know where the Bayou Bengals are right now. Look, Jacob, I'd love to play them this week. Uh, they, they, they I didn't see playmakers on the outside. The so-called DBU got destroyed by FSU's receivers, <laughs> right? Yes, they did. That defensive line was sorely missing the uh, uh, the suspended player, which is another ridiculous suspension. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and they, they gave up in the second half. And let me tell you, if Jaden Daniels keeps playing that brand of ball all year, he's not going to make it through the season. Mm. He took Mm-mm. a beating. Yeah, he did. He did. Well, those were two of the so, uh, the biggest games last week. They were two games that separated you and I. Our intern and producer, Michaela, went undefeated in week one as well. So uh, we're off to a hot start on the SEC football challenge. Let's jump into our picks here for week two. And you already brought this game up. Vanderbilt and Wake Forest. And anybody that listens to this show and anybody that knows me, you know that I am all in on Vanderbilt and Clark Lee going to a bowl game in 2023. What a win this would be for Vanderbilt. I know they beat Florida last year, which was the first time in history, it seems like, uh, for Vanderbilt, but that's a bad Florida program. This is a game where Vanderbilt's going on the road to a Power 5 school in Wake Forest early Saturday This is a chance for Vanderbilt to truly wear the SEC logo on their jersey, show that they are a better, more physical, more prepared, better coached football team. I'm taking the Commodores to go 3-0 to start the year. Give me Vanderbilt early on Saturday on the road to take down Wake Forest. Yeah, this line opened up at 13.5 early in the week. It dropped quickly to 10.5. Now it's dropped to 10. Uh, Wake Forest played Elon last week. I mean, that's a that's a complete pushover game. How does Wake Forest uh, replace Sam Hartman, who seems like he's played there forever and now is playing at Notre Dame and one of the front runners probably as they keep winning at, for the Heisman candidate see I'm with you I don't see I, I think that's way too many points um I think Vandy's already got a couple of decent wins under their belt for Vandy and I I like the I like the Commodores to take it to three and oh also I, I mean, love the it. points are just an added bonus yeah here, absolutely right? absolutely so, you know if, if if I mean look at Vanderbilt right now staring down at the rest of the Eastern Division on top. I mean, good for the Commodores, man. Enjoy it while it lasts. It's not going to last too much longer, (laughs) but I I do think that they can take down Wake tomorrow morning in uh, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. It'd be an upset, no doubt about it. A double-digit dog on the road. I I really do like Vanderbilt here. And again, this is a really good opportunity for Clark Lee, who's been talking high of his program, who's been talking pretty loud to be the Vanderbilt coach for him to go out and prove it I think they do I like Vanderbilt to beat Wake Forest tomorrow to start the Saturday slate George is going to handle Ball State no worries there Kentucky and Eastern Kentucky no worries there I don't think Uncle T I think Kentucky will roll in that game as well Um, I'm just no concerns there I think we can move on from those games this is where it starts to get a little interesting. This is <laughs> where it gets really, really fun on a Saturday. Top 25 matchup in Tulane. 
the Ole Miss, Lane Kiffins, the train, whatever you want to call it, going on the road for whatever reason. They're going on the road to take on Tulane. It's a top 25 matchup at Tulane. Who do you have? Can Ole Miss go in there and get this thing done and avoid a quote-unquote upset against Tulane? Okay, so this this line opened up uh, early in the week at three and a half. Uh, this game on ESPN two tomorrow at two thirty. It jumped very quickly to seven and a half. Uh, after that offensive explosion last week, I'd like to just go ahead and say Ole Miss takes down the two, uh, the Green Wave. Tulane football right now under Willie Fritz is about as hot as a Bourbon Street Saturday night. Yeah, buddy. Am I right? You better but, believe but it. But I'm going to tell you this: there's old school fans like me know one thing about Lane Kiffin. He and New Orleans just don't mix well. And if you know, you know, okay? Take it back to 2014 when he was down there doing whatever he was doing while Ohio State ran an up and down the field on Alabama and they didn't have an answer. It's hard to say this, but I do still think Ole Miss takes oh, care of business. Oh, man, you gave that whole great speech. You yeah. built it up. That was such a good radio I think move. A more, I think a more mature coach, a more mature Lane Look, if they go down to Tulane, there's no telling what's going to happen in Oxford, Mississippi. And, well, and he's still having to go out there and prove to his fan base that this is really where he wants to stay or where he really wants to be right now. you know. But as Florida keeps losing, although he just got that big contract yeah. extension, uh-uh. does, does somebody like the Gators come along and snag him? Oh, I don't know, man. You know? I don't know. So, he, so he's going to keep, he's gonna keep the, uh, the pedal down, right? He's going to keep throwing up points. Ole Miss should still have more athletes than Tulane. I mean, Tulane's a good team now. Tulane's a great team. Number 24 team in the country. Yeah, but how, I mean, really and truly, do we? can you definitively say this is it? This is where the green wave finally say we're for real and take care of Ole Miss. I'm, not, I'm in see it to believe it mode for that one, my friend. Well, I'm going to go opposite of you. Oh, here we go. I truly believe, and this is for my former co-host Carter Bird out in Arizona. He's been on this game since May. He has been on the Ole Miss di- or the Ole Miss downfall for a long time, and I'm with him. I think Tulane is a really, really good football team. And for any team that voluntarily signs up to go on the road and take on Tulane, you're asking for a loss because this is a legit top 25 program. They're a team that could be running in some Power 5 conferences, not winning it by any means, but they could be holding their own. And no, they didn't look good last week against South Alabama, just a 37-17 victory. But Tulane is going to be a more physical football team than Ole Miss. They're going to be a more disciplined team than Ole Miss. And I said it last week about the Rebels. I said Lane Kiffin's going to go out in week one against a terrible opponent, and they're going to put 60-plus points to make themselves feel good and make their fans confident when they go on the road to Tulane. They are losing this football game. Tulane is winning at home, 2.30 tomorrow on ESPN2. Give me the green wave to take down Ole Miss, and the fans are right. Or you're right, T. The fans may just burn down Oxford, Mississippi by the time they get back on the bus. Well, let me ask you a question about the green wave then. So um, in, in every time I've gone opposite you, from you this uh, so far this year, I've gotten my teeth kicked in, right? I said something about Navy probably hanging in there with Notre Dame. Loss. 
right? You know, I said something about South Carolina taking care of a depleted North Carolina team, lost, <laughs> LSU lost. So, I mean, you're the pro. I'm the regular Joe. I get it. I'm from the heart. You're from the head. Do you think that Tulane could beat California? Do you, what kind of game do you think that would be? It's a good question. That's a really, really good question. I think Tulane could hang with Cal. And I think Tulane would – If is Tulane going on the road to Cal? You want to put that same situation? Yeah. If Tulane's traveling to Cal – I don't know. I think that's a an interesting piece. I think given Cal's running performance in week one, if they can somewhat simulate that, which I think they would be able to do because Tulane's not an SEC team. They're an original SEC team, that's right. but they're not one right now, which means they don't have the dudes realistically, statistically, height and weight-wise to compete one-on-one week in, week out. I know I have them beating Ole Miss, but if Cal could reproduce – what they did in week one running the ball against the Tulane team, then I don't think Tulane could score to keep up with a Cal running offense. But I would still take Tulane to beat Cal. I would. If Tulane was going to Cal right now, I'd take Tulane. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be Tulane's uh, Super Bowl. They're going to come out hyped. That place is going to be nuts. It's going to be crazy. It's already crazy down in New Orleans uh, uh, enough of the year. So, I mean, this is their Super Bowl. This is an old-school SEC matchup from back in the day. The original. These teams probably at one time were a pretty decent rival and and played a good bit of football against one another. So that'll be an interesting game. Most of the SEC East from here – outside of uh missouri uh hosting middle tennessee state will be a kind of a wash mm-hmm. i would i would i am interested to see how florida goes uh, are they playing mcneese or yes they, yeah yep. they're playing mcneese that all if they look bad in that game then you might as well just shut the door on the gators this year but mm-hmm. th- i have another rule and, and it's about small schools like middle tennessee state when they play when they play teams like Alabama, especially Alabama, and then they go on the road in the next week, they look bad. Yeah. I mean, there should be no problem in the East uh, outside of uh, uh, Vanderbilt and Wake Forest. So the right. big, going on back to the West, the best game early in the day other than Ole Miss is Texas A&M catching, uh, giving four and a half to Miami down mm-hmm. in Coral Gables. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, I think you're, you hit it spot on with the East. I mean, South Carolina, easy game. Florida, easy game. Missouri, easy game. Tennessee, easy game. Um, even Arkansas in the West playing Kent State, so no worries there. I do want to talk about Texas A&M and Miami. We'll talk about that when we come back here on the Friday edition of On the Line. This is On the Line Fridays with Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett of Radio Free Auburn, brought to you by our friends at Sense of Green Heating and Air. We're getting into to the good games A&M Miami Alabama Texas and then later on we'll talk Auburn and Cal here on ESPN 106.7 you are on the line on ESPN 106.7 online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app Let's continue making our weekly picks on the SEC Football Challenge. Be sure to go and fill it out and and do it along with us at ESPNAU.com under the contest tab. We've moved into the really exciting games here, Uncle T-Bone. We are talking all the biggest games in week two of SEC football. But before we do that really quick, plug everything you've got going on for Radio Free Auburn. Where can people find you? It's why you're here plugging your thing. Uh, you got so much good stuff going on. Brought to you by our friends at Sense of Green Heating and Air. Plug your stuff, man. Where can people find you? Yeah, we got... uh 
www.radiofreeauburn.com. We do a couple of live videos, uh, one on Friday from 1 to 2 every week, and one 3 to 4 for a Sunday recap. That's brought to you by our good friends at Sensagreen, our friends at Fairway Auto Brokers, who also help us out with the uh, game day on wings, which will be at 5.30 tomorrow. You will be in studio. I will, yes. Uh, Jumping Jack will be out in uh, California. He's Uh, out there right now. Yeah. Yeah. Live from I-10, there's no telling what he's going to be into. Hopefully we'll get a call from him and get a a report of what's going on up in Northern California. And uh, so that'll be 5.30 to 6.30. So, yeah, check us out, man. We write a a weekly article, too. I got one on to week two this week and got a little, you know, I just bring it from a fan's uh, perspective. I'm no professional, and it's supposed to be fun, and that's how, like, I light and fun and, like, how to keep it. That's right. You know, and and thanks to Sensor Green for having us on. Look, they do heating and air, but most importantly, uh, or as important, check them out too. If you're into uh, some spray foam insulation, man, they can save you thousands of dollars over time and help out your heating and air. So check them out, www.sensorgreen.com. Well, yeah, check out the uh, Game Day on Wings show tomorrow over on Wings 94.3. Auburn High Football tonight, the Game Day on Wings show starting at 5.30 with me and Uncle T-Bone. I'll be filling in for Jack Hutton, and then that leads right into the Tiger Tailgate show and the countdown to kickoff and kickoff of Auburn football versus Cal out in Berkeley with Andy Burcham and the guys at the Auburn Sports Network. So be sure you check that out tomorrow over on Wings 94.3. Got a couple more games to pick here, um, and we may have to get into the next seven, and that's okay. But you brought it up. Texas A&M on the road at Miami. Jimbo and Bobby, they looked good in week one, didn't they? The offense looked pretty good. Connor Wegman, for a quarterback I put in bottom three or four in the conference, threw for five touchdowns. He looked all right in week one. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I think Texas A&M is a good team. I think they score enough points, and I think this is more about Miami not being good than Texas A&M being good. I've got A&M winning kind of easily. Well, it's been years since Miami's been good, and they're probably looking north to their friends over in Tallahassee after last weekend thinking that they need to get a big win over an SEC program out of the West as well. It would really launch them back towards this rebuild that seems like it's been going on since like 2002. I mean, <laughs> it's been my whole life, it seems like. What has happened to Miami football? Um, you know, I'm still not sold on Texas A&M, okay? I, I know that last weekend, that, that kind of seemed like the, the wedding, right? It was a big fun time, and maybe they're still on a honeymoon. But this is much watch television just to see what's going to happen when they go up against a more – I don't know, difficult opponent. Miami is not the Miami from the 1980s and 90s. It's not the Kane Rain. Warren Sapp's not there, and the Playmaker's not there, and Jimmy Johnson's not there, and his hair's not there, man, right? <laughs> this isn't the old Miami that everyone feared, but they're still a pretty decent program, right? And they played last year and gave Texas A&M all they wanted. Mm-hmm. I've got to see more out of A&M before I can say that they're a good team and they're back. I know they got plenty of talent. I know that Bobby Petrino probably is a little bit more in tune with what's going on in college offenses now than Jimbo Fisher, who seemed like last year still trying to run some type of West Coast offense. So this line is interesting. It came out kind of high. It's dropped all week. It was at four and a half. I just checked it out at scoresandodds.com. It's uh, Miami catching three and a half at home. So, you know, the, the John Q. public out there kind of seems to think that this might be the old cane rain and they're going to give A&M all they want. I'm looking at Miami to pull the upset wow. here tomorrow. So. Okay, okay. I've got A&M with the points. Give me A&M by a touchdown, I think. I think or at least by four. I mean, I'll take A&M 
with the points. They're on the road in Miami, 2.30 on ABC. That game and the Ole Miss two-lane game happening at the same time. So definitely going to have double screens up this weekend for college football. i got a couple of minutes here uh, before the break. We'll save the Alabama-Texas for when we come back. We'll talk that one and then Auburn and Cal. Um, The other games going on, uh, we we mentioned most of the games in the East are no good. Um, LSU Grambling, obviously nothing there. Arkansas-Kent State, nothing there. I think the only other game we have is one that's flying under the radar. Very much so. One that I am really, really intrigued by and I think is going to be an exciting game, a big game for this program, this coach, this state, Mississippi State, hosting Arizona in Starkville, Mississippi. I'm excited for Zach Garnett and the dogs. Give me Mississippi State at home easily over Arizona tomorrow. Yeah, my man, you've been uh, high on Mississippi State since I've met you. And uh, you, I, I, I am not a believer in what's happening over in Starkville right now, but I do think that they will take care of business handily. I don't know anything about Arizona. Is is Kevin Sumlin still the coach there? Is Rich Rod? Wasn't he there at some point? I mean, you talk about an obscure pack. They're, they're lucky that they're just along for the ride to get into the Big 12, and they're not just stranded out there like Oregon State and Washington State. And Oregon State looked good this past weekend, by the way. Mm-hmm. That's the program that I think I'd rather have in my, in my conference in Arizona I've told you don't sleep on don't sleep on Oregon State and DJU cow, yeah cowboy uh, the cowbells will be ringing and they'll be ringing loud tomorrow night in Starkville and I look for them to take care of business and dominate Arizona the nine point spread kind of scares me but I would just take state money line if anything I just take them straight up I, I wouldn't mess with the spread I think state will win night game in Davis Wade Stadium yeah give me the dogs to go 2-0 and with a power five victory there in week two When we come back, we'll talk Alabama and Texas and, of course, Auburn and Cal, the two biggest games going on here in the state. We'll talk about those when we come back here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goertz on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got 30 more minutes here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7. Joining me in the studio as he does every Friday in hour number two, it's Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett from Radio Free Auburn. We're down to the two important games of the weekend Alabama and Texas, it's the biggest game in the country. Everybody's there. Game day's there. SEC Network is there. The Pat McAfee show's there. Barstool is there. I mean, everybody is in Tuscaloosa except Auburn fans who are going out to Cal and staying in Auburn and watching Auburn and Cal. But let's talk that Alabama-Texas game here for a couple of minutes before we give our thoughts on Auburn and Cal. I have been back and forth on this game all week long. All offseason, I've had Texas winning this game. And then all of a sudden, Alabama plays well. Milrow, I guess they were hiding him under a bush or something and just not letting people know how good he really was. Or maybe he just shined with the lights on. But he looked pretty good. It's a night game at Bryant-Denny. Texas coming to town. They're confident with Quinn Ewers. Who wins this game, Uncle T? Well, I've got Alabama winning 37-28. That 7.5 points looks very enticing. Uh, Sarkeesian and, and his staff did a fantastic job last year against Alabama. He knows, he knows Nick Saban. He's been with them for three years. 
two different times, once in 2016 and then in 19 and 20. A good friend of mine who's a uh, huge Alabama fan pointed out that B. John Robinson would not be there on the field for Texas this year. He was the number one running back taken in the NFL draft. And early, that's what kind of talent he is because running backs aren't taken that early. Much He's anymore. really, really good. He is good. And, uh, you know, they had Alabama had a tremendous amount of penalties last year out there in Austin that kept the Longhorn drives going several times. They weren't penalized much last week. I still don't, you know, and, and everyone was talking about how disciplined they were and whatever. They were playing a, a middle Tennessee state team that had a little defense and zero offense. I'll say this about the Tide. I did not think their offensive line looked as good as people had said they were going to look. I did not think that they tossed around the Middle Tennessee defensive line like I thought they would. And, I, you know, everyone talked about how they were going back to ground and pound. This is a very, very talented Texas team that is very close to being back to one of the best programs in the country. I just still don't think that they're there. This is going to be a good learning experience for Texas this season. And I still think they can make the college football playoffs with a loss here. I was a little surprised at how good Jalen Milrow looked. I'm very impressed with his leadership. I think he's a great kid. But he's not going to have – his receivers aren't going to have the room that they had against the Blue Raiders. So he's going to – you know, I know he put the ball on a dime on several deep throws. What about when he's got to make that, that out throw in this game, right? So, you know, who the, the, the deciding factor for me, though, is just that the fact that Tuscaloosa is going to be on fire tomorrow. Mm -hmm. It's probably been on fire since this past Tuesday. That is going to be an insane atmosphere. Um, Sarkeesian's one heck of a play caller, and I think he's going to be a great coach for a long time. But I just don't think Texas has it, and I'm in see-it-to-believe-it mode. When's the last time somebody really walked into Tuscaloosa and took care of business? Maybe 2019 LSU? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were, the, they were defending – they are the national champions that year. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I, I said it. I've been back and forth on this game. I think Texas can win this game. I think they have the talent to do so. I think they have the play calling. You brought that up to do so. If this game was in Austin, Texas, I would take the Longhorns. I Absolutely. would. I would take the Longhorns yeah, no in question. this game because Jalen Milrow on the road, we don't know what that looks like. We don't know if he can like you were talking about, deliver the football on time and on target because I think two things are really important here, penalties and turnovers. You talked about those already last year. That's what Alabama was not able to do well. They had a ton of penalties in that game last year, which kept Texas in the football game. They're not going to have a ton of those at home. You're not going to have the crowd penalties, right? The offsides and the false starts and the miscommunications for Alabama. I think you're going to have those for Texas. And then with Jalen Milrow, if he was going on the road to Austin – I would bet money he would have at least one turnover, if not two. I still think he has a turnover tomorrow, but I think Texas has more. I think they have more turnovers, and I think they have more penalties. You look at it on Sunday morning, T. Whoever has more of those will lose this game. Whoever can control the penalties and turnovers, and you can say that about most games, but this one in particular, with how big it is, the magnitude of this game, the talent level on the field, and the environment this early in the season – I got to take Alabama at home. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. The seven-point spread I'm not a fan of. Just for fun, I'll take Texas plus the points, but I think Alabama wins this game. Yeah, one interesting matchup in this game to keep an eye on, especially later in the game, 
or the Texas receivers versus the Alabama defensive backs. Look, I've said it all summer that I think this might be one of, if not the most talented defensive backfield that Nick Saban's had. Caleb Downs as a freshman is just unbelievable. I mean, you're looking at the next Steve Atwater, man. This guy is just off the charts talented and good. Tackles, covers, you name it, as a freshman. He was he 17, 18 years old out there starting for the University of Alabama. It's impressive. Give me a break, dude. That's unbelievable. But they have some serious injury issues back there in that backfield from last week Malachi Moore is he a go that's their silent leader back there uh I don't care what anybody says Kool-Aid McKinstry got his uh bell rung in the middle Tennessee State game returning a punt he looked a little banged up and I think there's a few other injuries back there Texas wide receivers left uh led by the worthy kid they're playmakers and if Quinn yours it stays you know off the grass in this game, he can light him and Sark can light you up. And uh, and, I, and correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did Alabama have a sack last weekend? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head, to be honest with you. Yeah. So I don't remember any big time plays from their defensive ends, including Dallas Turner, who uh, Texas is going to have to control. We talked about this in the summer. You know, everyone saying how Dallas Turner was the next big thing in Alabama, and just because of the play he's had. Well, it. You know what? For the last two years, everybody's been trying to double uh, double team Will Anderson. Yeah. So yeah. you know, so when you become the man, what's going to happen here? If he's not making plays for them tomorrow night and they're not getting to Quinn Ewers Texas can do some serious damage but I still feel like that Texas Alabama around halftime it's going to be a tight game Texas might even have a little bit like kind of like the FSU LSU game and then Alabama's going to take control of it Alabama had three sacks last week against Middle Tennessee so they had a few Um, I think this is a four-quarter game I think Alabama will have the ball I think they will pull away but I still again Alabama will win, but again, just for fun, I'll take Texas plus seven points, seven and a half, whatever they're laying right now. So give me the Alabama Crimson Tide there in the biggest game of the weekend. It comes on right before Auburn and Cal. Let's talk about this game, Uncle T-Bone. Auburn on the road, first game on the road this season. You're not going up the road. You're not going a couple hours on the bus. You hopped on a flight and you flew three and a half, four hours out to Berkeley, California and the team flew out yesterday they're there they're getting prepared uh Hugh Freeze spoke earlier this week how um they are treating today on Friday like it is any other Friday they're going to run through practice have meals do whatever they normally do and then Saturday is the tough one where they have to sit around and wait all day long to play this football game 9 30 kick here central time 10 30 eastern time uh shout out to any of our Auburn fans on the east coast or in eastern time zone I feel sorry but just your your feeling. Are you feeling any more better or confident going into this game? Or as the game gets closer, are you getting a little bit more worried and anxious about the team as Auburn takes on Cal tomorrow? Well, you know, the, he's made no bones about it um, all summer. And even into Monday, I, I watched Coach Freeze on uh, the Paul Feinbaum show. And uh, he's not a big fan of this trip. I think it's, you know, two, three years from now, if they were going to have to take this trip after he's got his sea legs under him as Auburn's head coach, it wouldn't be that big a deal. Um, this is the type game that if you're not careful, it, you get uncomfortable. You, you don't, you're not, when you go on the road, Jacob, when, I've seen good Auburn teams on the road and even the national championship team in 2010, they were loose, mm-hmm. right? You, you got you to gotta embrace being a road warrior, right? They're going to be in those stormtrooper whites let's get in the corner let's lock the gate and let's see what happens 
Okay, so if I don't start hearing some of that talk tonight and into the game tomorrow, and and I feel like the Tigers are tight and they're not playing, uh, they're they're not playing to win, but they're playing not to lose, and then they start squirting the ball around with some fumbles or some interceptions. Uh, I could see California definitely staying in this game. Looking over a lot of film, I watched some this morning, a ton of it actually, of Cal and uh, North Texas. And, you know, the North Texas was one of my dogs of the day last week. Yeah. And that, that dog had fleas, folks. Fade <laughs> Uncle T-Bone, right? I'm a fan. I don't know what I'm talking about. That dog ran out the back Woo. door with its tail and its legs, but, man. It was done. But North Texas played a little bit better football game than the score indicated. They had a couple receivers fall down on key interceptions. Um I do not think that California has anything on defense that I'm worried about. There's nothing there. I mean, this they're they're deficient speed wise, coverage wise, uh, even size wise. Mm-hmm. I believe Peyton Thorne is going to throw and throw all over them at will. I, I, they do not have defensive backs that can cover our receivers, and if they do, then we're in real trouble. And I, I just think do not believe that. We'll add on top of that what we know Auburn is going to do which is run the football. That's right. And they are going to run it on first down, second down, third down. Whenever they have to, they are going to run the football. And um, the word on on Jarquez Hunter is still to be known. Uh, we don't know. Nobody really knows what the status is there. Um, but We took uh, a call last week. Someone asked us straight up. You kicked it to me. Thanks, man. I was like, yeah, I got this. And I, I said I didn't think he would play. And normally when it comes to eligibility issues, when it involves Auburn, Auburn seems like to be a little bit more conservative than a lot of schools in that decision. I always err on the side of they're not going to play, okay? I mean, the whole Sharif Cooper thing, if you look back at Mm. it, what a disaster that was, right? Yeah. But it it just seems – or it seems like in the past when Auburn's had guys that they've recruited that may or may not be academically eligible, they always seem to be ineligible. So last week I did not have the warm and fuzzies. And I said he wouldn't play. This week, I feel like it's 50-50. I'm starting to believe that he's out there. I'm starting to believe that he's going to play. Don't, don't, don't take that to the bank. I have no inside sources. I don't want to know until I see the game. But if he does play, he's going to run wild on that Cal defense. On the flip side of that, now that's where the concerns come in for me, Jacob, because the, the Cal running backs are good. Yeah, they are. And we all have heard the story all week of, of the Jade Knott kid. You know, whatever, man, let's play ball and let's see what happens. Most of the time, you know, hit dogs bark loudest, right? Mm-hmm. So he could be whistling by the graveyard or he, they could see something on film that we've been hearing all summer that Auburn's had some trouble stopping the run in practice. And if they run between the tackles on us like they did on North Texas, it could be a long night for us. But I'm not worried one bit about Sam Jackson, their quarterback's passing ability. And he's banged up. He looks like the type of quarterback. He's long. He's athletic. He's rangy. He runs the uh, RPO. He pulls it out. He takes it to the edge. That could be a concern, but he's banged up. And and our, our, our defensive backs should be able to shut down their receivers. Auburn's secondary is is one of the best in the country. I've said that. But here's the concern on defense before we get to break and, and wrap up the Friday edition of On the Line. You have some injury problems, right? Austin Keys, you have an injury problem there who will not be playing. He's out. He is out indefinitely with a thumb injury. Had surgery this week. He's out. 
Um, you're looking for guys like Nehemiah Pritchett. Is he back in the ballgame this week? That will help that secondary be continued or continue to be locked down. Uh, you're still looking at the linebackers who did not have a good game in week one. They were slow off the ball. They were slow on decision making. They're really, really talented and good. They just have to be better at making those calls. Auburn did not tackle very well in week one. They have to do that against guys like Jaden Ott for California. You have to be able to tackle because if they break through that front line, you can't let him burst off a 15, 20-yard run because that will tear you down all night long. I think it's a high-scoring game, and um, there are still some concerns as we get closer to kickoff. We'll take our final break, come back, give our final thoughts, Auburn versus Cal tomorrow, 9.30 kickoff time. Of course, you can find the radio broadcast over on our sister station, Wings 94.3, with the Game Day on Wings show with me and Uncle T-Bone this week starting at 5.30, and you can just leave the radio dial right there as it'll carry you all the way to about 2 o'clock in the morning with Auburn and Cal. We'll give our final thoughts and picks and predictions when we come back here on ESPN 106.7. On the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Winding down here on the Friday edition of On the Line. He's Uncle T-Bone. He joins me on Fridays in the second hour each and every Friday. Uh, this is On the Line Fridays with Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett from Radio Free Auburn. Brought to you by our friends at Sensa Green Heating and Air inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio here for the next couple of minutes. Uh, before we give our final picks and predictions, Uncle T, I got to plug our high school stuff really quick. It's Friday night. It's kicking off a big weekend of football with high school Friday night, college on Saturday, NFL Sunday. I'm excited for it. Um, we've got two of our high school teams in action tonight. Lee Scott Academy at home once again. Their homestand coming to an end here to start the season. I will be on the call with my color commentator, Christian Griffin. We're at home tonight versus the Morgan Academy Senators. That'll be over at Judd Scott Field. You can find that broadcast on AU100, which is 100.3 on your radio dial on AU100FM.com. Pre-game 6.30, kickoff at 7 on the Lee Scott Sports Network. Also, Auburn High in action tonight after a tough loss against Enterprise last week. Scott Bagwell on the road in Dothan. He's flying solo on the broadcast tonight, so go in and and hang out with him over on Wings94.3 and WingsFM.com. They'll be on the air pregame 6.30 and kickoff at 7, so be sure you're flipping back and forth between those two uh, games tonight. Looking forward to both of those. So, Uncle T-Bone. Auburn and Cal tomorrow, 9.30, ESPN Television, Wings94.3 on the radio. Um... We were talking about it during the break. This is a game for me. As Auburn fans and as the game gets closer and closer and closer, it is really easy to sit here and start to worry about this game a little bit. It's easy to look at this and say, man, there's too many factors here. There's too many what-ifs here. If Auburn turns it over, Auburn has bad penalties, you got jet lag, you're not awake, whatever the case may be. It's really easy to start to stress about this game. But at the end of the day, for, for me personally, if you just look at it for what it is, look at position by position, look at coach versus coach, talent versus talent, skill versus skill, this is a game that Auburn and Hugh Freeze should win and borderline have to win if you really want to get this thing off to the right start in 2023 and for the Hugh Freeze era here at Auburn. It's easy to build up like a straw man here, a boogeyman out there, right? This is an uncomfortable trip. 
uh, you know, Auburn fans aren't. I've seen them in droves on Facebook. Oh, there's tons. I mean, they're 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 looking to take over Northern. And you're looking at ten or fifteen thousand Auburn fans going to be there. And they're going to be loud and they're going to be proud. So that'll help out, right? There's a name out there that I want Auburn fans to keep an eye on. It's number twenty-two. It's Isaiah Ifonts. He's the backup running back there at Cal. Uh, he he is a uh, he runs with bad intentions, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm very impressed by him. Look, you're you're exactly right. Okay, they play this game nine ten out of ten times nine out ten times nine out of ten. I think Auburn wins. They would have to go out there and do like Auburn High did last week and 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 throw the ball into the other uh, team's hands, fumble the ball, turn the ball over, make penalties, and just not take care of business. Auburn's the more talented team here. I think our coaching staff's the more talented coaching staff here. I understand that Jake Spavital, our good friend who used to be at Texas A&M's out there as offensive coordinator, Justin Wilcox, I believe 21 and 27 over the last four years as the cow head coach he's coaching for his job right now mm-hmm. and i've said this too this is a huge opportunity for cow you huge. cannot overlook that this yep. is a massive game for cow and the head coach and the fan base for a big bad sec team who apparently the name doesn't mean anything it doesn't match the logo and then the film doesn't line up with it this is a huge opportunity for cow well, the last three years has, have been very frustrating for Auburn fans. So it's easy, you know, we've we've been a sub five hundred team, if I if I'm not mistaken, or barely above it. So, but Auburn, look, this is, and I know people get tired of hearing this nationwide, but Auburn, this is an SEC program with a proud tradition, a top fifteen historical program in the nation. There's plenty of talent over there. I think that Auburn's more talented than Cal at practically every position there's no reason why they shouldn't take care of this game and i've got us winning 32 21 32 21 i like that i like that i think offensively for auburn um it's not 100 name your score offensively but i think auburn will not have any problem moving the football whether it be running passing um i think special teams is going to play a really big factor here as well because you've got the best punter in the nation and oscar chapman you have one of the best young kickers in the nation with alex mcpherson so if you get anywhere on the opposite side of the 50 he's pretty much automatic and oscar chapman's going to help you flip the field if the offense stalls the defense has to perform you got to stop those running backs make the quarterback beat you that's the big thing for me Auburn defensively make the quarterback for Cal beat you challenge your really really good secondary and I think Auburn's going to run it down their throats Peyton Thorne's going to have a good day make the right decisions limit your penalties and limit your turnovers if you can do that on the road in a power five game Uncle T-Bone you're going to have a good chance I think Auburn will cover I'll take Auburn by 10 I'll say I'll take 34-24. Yeah, I like that score. Look, it's going to be an exciting night, and I look forward to seeing you tomorrow at 5.30 for game day on wings. Uncle T-Bone, Jumping Jack out in California. My man Jacob Goins is going to be with us. Can't wait. Thank you, Sense of Green, for air that's cool and clean every Friday, 3 to 4. That's right. Uncle T-Bone with me every single Friday at hour number two. Brought to you by Sense of Green Heating and Air. Check out Game Day on Wings 94.3 over on our sister station 94.3. 5.30 tomorrow leads right into the Auburn Sports Network. Lee Scott on AU100 tonight. Auburn High on Wings 94.3. We're doing it all here at Auburn Network. Enjoy the football weekend. And we'll be back on Monday to talk about it all. Two to four here on ESPN 106.7. I'm Jacob Goins. Until then, stay safe. I'll talk to you later.